Head over to miniaturemarket.com where they have thousands of board games at discounted prices and you can sign up for product alerts. Hello my friends, it's the Game Boy Geek here. Over the last eight days, I've brought you eight year-end videos covering all sorts of different categories of games for 2019 and showing you my top five favorite ones of all those different categories. I covered 35 unique games with pretty much no crossover other than the solo list. Today, we're gonna encapsulate some of that and some new ones in my final best games of 2019. These are all sorts of different categories. Now, some of the lists here I've already covered in the recent days, but at least half of the lists here are new ones that I have not yet covered. Uh, and if you wanna see more of this, meaning there's eight videos with 35 games, you can either go to gameboygeek.com slash 2019, or you can, on my YouTube channel, just go to the playlist called Best Board Games. I'll put the links of both of those below me so you can get there quicker. Otherwise, let's get started. Best children's game. This is going to Crusoe Crew. Now this is age, I believe, seven and up. This is a cooperative game that's more like a book and an adventure than it is a game. See, this is sort of like a, uh, a choose your own adventure book. But instead of it being solo, like the other graphic novel adventures that Van Ryder Games put out that are amazing, this one's cooperative. Up to four players, each player has their own book, and the story is you're, you're going through your, your Robinson Crusoe's kids, and you're trying to go on the island and find different things. And you're trying, you're basically going to different places based upon the numbers that you see in the book. However, each book and each player has a special ability. One of them's tall, one of them can talk to animals, one of them's really strong. And you can do different things. And even though you're following the book at the same time and making decisions together, different players, because of their abilities, will see different things or additional things that they can go off, everyone else can hold on, we can have them go and tell us what they're seeing. And it just brings a lot of excitement into the game. It's great for kids. It's a great experience. Crusoe Crew from Van Ryder Games. My two-player game of the year is that because not often would I say this game uh, is a new modern classic that I'll say in the same breath as Jaipur and Lost Cities and things of that nature. It's called Mandala, M-A-N-D-A-L-A. It's actually a two-player card game uh, where you're essentially trying to score points by playing cards onto two different mountains. And the mountains, the cards in the middle of the mountain are what you'll be able to collect. However, to collect those cards, you need to have the most amount of cards on your side of the mountain once all six colors have been represented. And when you get these cards at the beginning of the game, they're going to be worth lower points, one. But over the course of the game, as you get new colors to score, they're gonna be worth more. Two, three, four, five, and six. So this game is an interesting arc that you're fighting for these colors. You're trying to keep colors from the other player. You're trying to, uh, some of the places you go, and you're either adding and seeding the colors that you wanna collect, but then that means you're leaving it open for your opponent to maybe go big on their, on their side to try to steal the ones you've been seeding. You have two mountains going on at one time. It's like you're playing two mini games at once. I'm gonna go over here and focus on this. Ooh, they did this, I gotta go over here and do this. It is this like seesaw action, it is tense, it is a simple game, but oh my gosh, is it awesome. Uh, I played this more than 30 times and I'm still finding new strategies. 
It's simple, but got a ton of depth. It looks beautiful, comes in an awesome mat, and this is a new modern classic, and it's why it's my two-player game of the year, Mandala. King Domino Duel. This is a two-player roll and write game. Don't fast forward. I know people are sick of roll and writes, so am I. But this one is very different because you're going to roll dice, four of them. And this is designed by Bruno Catala. And much like the Mr. Jack games that he co-designed, very interesting selection of mechanisms here. You roll four dice. The first player gets to pick any one die, but then the other player gets two in a row, leaving the first player with whatever's left over. And then you're trying to put those two dice together to form a domino to draw on your, your score pad. And you're trying to basically put together a bunch of different kingdoms that have a lot of points together, trying to make large kingdoms. However, some of the dice also have these little uh, icons on that allow you to move down different tracks. If you get to the end of the track first, you now have that special ability and the other player can't get it. Some of them are ongoing, some of them trigger right away. Um, and you're trying to basically have the most points at the end of the game. And it just feels like a different roll and write than everything else that I've played this year in that genre. Uh, and it's a very good, quick little two-player game. And I just love that sort of Mr. Jack selection mechanism of, of drafting the dice. It works so well in two-player games. He uses it in a lot of games. It works well here. Um, and just having that extra element of those different special abilities works well, too. And for all those reasons, that's why King Domino Duel is my dice game of the year. is Baron Park Bad News Bears. Baron Park is a game I loved, and it was sort of a gateway style game that still with the advanced rules, had some goals that you were going after, but it still was still pretty gateway. This one added a few things like the grizzly bears and a monorail system, and it made it uh, spatially a lot harder to deal with, a lot more things to think about, because the monorails always have to do like a 90 degree turn, and. Uh, the grizzly bears, you can discard some tiles at the beginning of your turn. You get these huge tiles, which pick, take up a lot of room, but they're also hard to place, especially towards the end of the game. And so uh, it just added these concepts and these components that were cool. The monorails make it look a lot cooler, but it basically took a game that was sort of a gateway style game and without making it too much harder to teach, made it so that it's really a gamer's game now that makes you think in different ways than you did before. It makes you, it really makes your head smoke. It takes a game that was easy to kind of figure out and do things and pleasant. Now you're like, oh, oh, oh. It just, it just hits your brain in a much better way without having a lot more complexity. That's why it's my number one expansion of the year. Baron Park, Bad News Bears from Lookout Games. Now for reprint of the year, uh, the one that I am selecting uh, is a huge reprint in a huge game. It's from Bezier Games. It's Suburbia Collector's Edition. Now, this game took Suburbia, which is a game I loved, and redid all the graphics, made the tiles a lot bigger, included all the expansions that were out, and even came out with a new expansion. Also had some of the promo tiles. There is a ton here. It has a new big tower that was there that you can put the tiles in, a new way, a nice little tray that you select the market tiles from, had a really cool first player marker, this, they went all out. You could have like up to like 20 something player colors and player boards if you want. I mean, this is crazy. They they took a game that I already loved and just made it to the point where I just adore this. This, this game is fantastic. They also, in the rules, changed, uh, you know, the balancing of when you add uh, expansion tiles, how many you put of each ones and give you some better ideas for that. So. Uh, they, they just knocked it out of the park here. It, it, Suburbia is a fantastic city building game where you're, 
you're, you're, you're getting tiles and certain tiles interact with what you're doing on your board, but also interacts with what other players are doing and how many they are in everybody's boroughs. Lots of player interaction this way. As your city gets better, it gets harder to keep up. So it actually moves your income and reputation down each round. It's, a, it's just such a fascinating balance of money and reputation and trying to find the right time to buy the right tiles. The game has a great arc. The game's fantastic. And this reprint is off the chain amazing. Yes, it's expensive, but if you like this game, totally worth it. Um, but just in case anybody complained that, oh, of course it's a reprint of the year. It's a big deluxe version. So that is my reprint of the year. But for those that complain, one that is not some crazy, super expensive reprint, New Salem is an optional choice here. New Salem 2nd Edition is a reprint where this is a social deduction game for up to eight players where you're trying to figure out who the witches are and everyone's trying to basically say they're a Puritan. It's a drafting game where you're drafting cards. You're trying to collect sets of different types of buildings. Some of those buildings are going to bring despair into the neighborhood. Some of them are going to bring hope. And they fixed the main part of the game here in 2nd Edition where events are enacted by a specific person now rather than willy-nilly real-time, chaotic. Uh, so they fixed that, they made the cards, it's a lot of new art, um, and they just did a lot of streamlining of the game as well. So it took a game that I already loved, and they fixed the only part that I had a real big problem with, and just made this as one of my favorite social deduction games, and that's New Salem by Overworld Games, also now known as Pull the Pin Games. So there, my big choice, Suburbia Collector's Edition. For those that complain that's not right, there's New Salem. My number one party game of the year is Finger Guns at High Noon from uh, Indie Boards and Cards. This game, you're simply, it's, uh, it's a game where you're trying to be like the last one standing. Everyone has a certain amount of health. And at one point, someone's going to count down three, two, one, draw, and everyone's going to do something. Whether it's point at somebody, or whether to do a lasso, or all these different movements that you can do, and each one does something different. And they all trigger in a different order. So everyone's going to do something with their hands, and everyone's going to probably giggle, and then you're going to try to figure out who did what. You know, you damage them. Ooh, you're the only one to do a lasso. You get this cool special ability in the middle. Oh, you use the, uh, the dynamite. Oh, they get, they get hit, but so do the people next to them because it's really big. Oh, you got hit? Well, it's because you got hit with a gun. You can't use your dynamite because you had already fallen over. Stuff like that. It's a really fun game, uh, and even though it's player kind of elimination, you're not really eliminated when you get to zero health. You flip over, you're a ghost, and your actions change, and you can still win as a ghost, even though it's really hard to win as a ghost, but you still have that. You're still in the game. Uh, it's a quick, fun game. It plays up to eight players, I believe, and it's one that was just a ton of fun for us, and uh, it's party games are good when everyone's laughing, giggling, and having a good time. That's what this game does. Finger guns at high noon. For best presentation for me, this is sort of a collaboration of artwork, components, table presence, things like that. And for me, uh, it's definitely Wingspan. I love the realistic bird artwork. All the unique artwork in this game, first of all, I just loved. I remember when I first opened the game, I just sat there, went through card after card after card, looking at all these birds, looking at these beautiful illustrations, reading the little text about where they're from and what they do and things like that how they work thematically with each other. Then you've got the eggs that just look like candy that you want to put in your mouth. Then you've got the big chunky dice for the resources. Then you have the, the dice tower that you, the bird feeder dice tower that you roll the dice into. 
Yeah, and then you got the rule book that just feels like 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 a scroll of a constitution of a country. You know, it's like this this game in every way, shape, or form, presentation, top-notch, is the reason why it won my presentation of the year, Wingspan from Stonemaier Games. It's a game that came out in 2019 in Europe, but not in North America, but I got a chance to play it just around Essen time frame, and I bought a copy from Germany. Actually, bought multiple copies for me and my game group. Uh, and it's called The Crew. Now, in the German version, it's Die Crew, D-I-E Crew. And it's going to be coming out early next year in the first quarter by Thames and Cosmos. This is a cooperative mission-based trick-taking game where each of the missions is essentially one hand of tricks. Where everyone's going to get a, a whole bunch of cards and you're going to be playing a card and other players are going to be following suit. However, each, each round sort of has a mission. Like there's other cards that come out that say, hey, here's a red three, right? Somebody has to take that card in order for you to pass the mission and go to the next one. Well, maybe the next mission you have to take three different cards. Each player is going to have to take a specific card. Again, simple, but you're trying to figure out how do we play this so that everyone has it. There's also some really clever limited communication that you can give people as to what color you have, what's the highest you have of a color, is this my only one of this color, and is a deductive aspect when you give a clue as to what you might have in your hand and it facilitates even more thinkiness. This is a very thinky trick-taking game. If you like trick-taking, this is one of the best trick-taking games I've ever played. Uh, and the missions are very quick, there's 50 of them, and they're definitely replayable because every game, every time you play the same mission, it's going to be a different puzzle because the cards are going to be dealt differently. This game is fantastic. It's one of my most played games of the year and I've only had it for about a month. Uh, it's it's amazing. I wish it was out earlier here, but it's not. But it did come out in 2019, so I figured I'd put it on this list. And that is The Crew. My most innovative game of the year is was my most anticipated game for Gen Con. And after I reviewed it, I said, wow, it lived up to the hype. This is a King's Dilemma from Horrible Guild. That's the name of the publisher here. It used to be Horrible Games, now it's Horrible Guild. This is sort of a competitive storytelling legacy style game where the King's Dilemmas, each of you are sort of uh, trying to decide what to do with the kingdom. And different things will come up like, hey, these people, we found this village up here. They were poisoning the food, to, to, you know, not on purpose, but they were trying to make it too cheap and it's poisoned all our people. Do we hold them accountable or do we go up there and try to help them? You know, or some things are like somewhat ethical questions where you're really like oh i want to help them oh but it will do this and you know what some of the things will happen to your kingdom if you do one thing and some things that you don't if you you know that will happen if you don't do it and the uh you know the aspect of talking it through is a really cool aspect you all have secret goals you all have secret things that are going on you're trying to get points in secret ways but in this game is like if you it's like a choose your own adventure too because if you choose this it might say open up pack number 54 but if you chose the other way it might say open up pack 53 and there comes all sorts of new cards, different events, different things that will come up later. So as you go, the choices you make bring you completely different cards and scenarios. And that spires into something else that might have a choice to bring up a different pack of cards. And so this sort of deck system is the reason why this one's innovative game of the year for me. Is because as you go through each, even if you played this over and over, which it's a legacy game, you probably wouldn't do that. But... Everyone's going to sort of have different arc. Everyone's going to go through the story in different ways and everyone's going to open up different packs at different times and might not get the packs that others open up all because of this clever deck system that sounds like they're going to implement to other games. I can't wait to see it. King's Dilemma. 
My number one family game of the year, uh, definitely one I think will possibly win the Spiel des Jahres next year. I saw this back in March at Gamma in Reno, and when I played it there, I, even after the first play, I went, whoa, this game is going to have legs, this is special, uh, I, I, this is Spiel des Jahres material. Everyone I've introduced this, to, this game to loves it. It's Point Salad from AEG. It is like the best sort of easy drafting game out there. Completely replaced Sushi Go for me. Essentially, you are drawing either two vegetables or you're taking one point card. That's your whole turn. But the strategies in this are really cool because you might have a point card that says, hey, I, if I have the most tomatoes, I get, I get uh, 10 points. Well, you can bet other people are going to be starting to take tomatoes when they see them. There's a lot of that fighting other people for things. Uh, you're trying to collect sets sometimes. You're trying to have an even amount of things. You're trying to say, have you know what, have uh, one of these three and you'll get eight points, right? So you, now you're trying to collect these things. Oh, tomatoes are worth three points, but onions are minus one, right? So now you're going to try to avoid those. And the cool thing is that every game is different because there's over a hundred different ways to score in this game and every game they're different depending on the cards that you take. So you are telling yourself how you want to score that game and then you're trying to get the points to do so. Uh, it's, it's, it's just so elegant. It's so fun. Uh, it plays two to six players and plays every player count really well. Uh, the game looks vibrant on the table. The cards are good quality. It's just, I've never seen this fail. I've never seen this go over so well that everyone at the table that's not played it before hasn't gone, oh, I gotta buy this. Like, this is just one of those staple filler games that's gonna be out there, I think, for a long time. This is gonna be one that we're still playing 10, 15 years from now. I can guarantee it. And that's Point Salad from AEG. Most immersive game of the year for me is Detective City of Angels from Van Ryder Games. And it's immersive because you really feel like you're a detective. You feel like you're trying to race other players to try to be the first one to solve the crime. You also feel like you're getting information from people that are not telling the truth, like the chisel. Because this game has a player that knows the entire solution and they're playing against all the other players because at certain times you might ask them a question about a certain part of the, the crime and they're going to give you an answer and you have to decide whether or not you think they're lying or not you can challenge them or not and it's all about getting leverage over the chisel or the chisel getting leverage over you which can give you advantages or disadvantages for the rest of the game and that's such a fascinating aspect but the story is really good the the, the way things work together is just you really feel like you're a detective in the middle of a crime trying to solve it. The game is scenario-based. There's many different scenarios that come in the base box. They get harder and harder as it goes on. More and more suspects, more and more evidence, things like that. Even immersing yourself as like evidence comes out that other players find. And you can wait a few turns to get that evidence yourself. Or you can go bribe someone to get that evidence quickly. It's just like this game is so thematic, but it's also very immersive. You really feel like you're there fighting crime, Detective Cities of Angels from uh, Van Ryder Games. My cooperative game of the year is Marvel Champions. And this is a surprise to me because I, I don't love Marvel, but I don't dislike it either. Um, it's kind of a moot point for me. It's whatever, it is what it is. Uh, and even with that being said, having this be my best cooperative game says a lot because the game mechanisms in this are awesome. This is an LCG living card game from Fantasy Flight Games, which means there's a base box that comes out with five heroes. You know, you have Iron Man and Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk and, and, and you're trying to essentially defeat villains. And you're going to be playing cards that will give you different abilities and you're trying to basically 
you know, defeat the villain without having their schemes get to the end. But the cool thing about this is that you have an alter ego side and you have a hero side and you can flip back and forth once per round and different ones will give you different benefits. And certain other cards that you have in here only activate when you're on one side. You're also helping each other because different minions are going to be attached to different players. You can go over there and help them defeat theirs. Um, there's multiple different uh, bosses that you'll be fighting, different scenarios. Uh, but even with that, there's more hero packs and, and scenario packs coming out. I've recently reviewed ones for you know, Captain America, Ms. Marvel, and the Green Goblin. Um, but this game, it is so cool. It's great solo. It's fantastic with two players. It's good with three players. Um, it's... It's so fun to sort of work together. You can help each other out. Um, you can defend each other. You know, someone's low on health. I have a good defense. I'm going to go over there and defend for them. You know, things like that. Uh, this really surprised me because, again, I'm not a big Marvel fan. And just in general, it's okay to me. It's fine. I don't dislike it. But, but to have a game be my top game of the year in a category for a theme that I'm like, eh, whatever. That means that if you like Marvel, you're probably going to love this. Um, I like card games in general. And just the way that these different abilities trigger with each other. The fact that each character comes with its own sort of aspect, whether it's aggression or protection or leadership. And they're sort of built this way to start with, but you can mix and match any of these aspects with any of the other characters to have sort of this, this variability. Or you can even like make customized decks where even within an aspect, you can add or subtract different cards and such. So, wow, this game is fantastic. Uh, I can't say how much I like this. Even though it's Marvel, I was really surprised. You gotta check out Marvel Champions. And my strategy game of the year is a game that was on Kickstarter from a small company, and it was delayed for a really long time. However, once it finally came out, it was worth the wait. This one is called Campaign Trail. This is sort of an election-style area control game where you're trying to be the president of the United States, and so you're fighting over different states to try to win the votes of that state through the Electoral College. Now, this game has multi-use cards, where you're going to be using those cards to set yourself up, like gaining money, gaining registered voters, uh, and uh, moving around. And you're going to be also using those cards to campaign, to advertise, and to use special abilities. Now, in all this, there's also debates that happen. That's a very interesting mechanism that you'll be, some of the things that you can do on these cards is move things up different tracks and debates, and all the states that have that as an issue, you'll get to move up in at the end of the debate if you're good at it. So a lot of it has to do with, ooh, I want to use this card for this, but if I hold it back for the debate, I might get that. Lots of tough decisions. It is a mean area control game, but the biggest thing here, too, is most of these style games are two-player only. This is one to six. Uh, you can play a three-player game where everyone is their own, or you can play with more players where you're teams. One's the president, one's the vice president, so there can be up to six players playing. Um, this style of game, that is a different thing, and, and it's one of the reasons why this is as high as it is, because it plays with a lot of player counts, it plays with it well, um, and it's just a really fun area control game, and those multi-use cards are awesome, the debate's cool. It's just a fantastic game, and uh, Gray Fox Games is going to be... Uh, putting this on Kickstarter next year to sort of reprint it with an expansion with some some things that they've you know redeveloped a little bit um, So keep your eyes on on that for now um, Until then I think you could, there's a few copies maybe left on uh, Cosmic Wombat's games uh, Page that's that's the, the company that originally put this out my strategy game of the year campaign trail uh, It's probably about a two-hour game uh, But it definitely doesn't feel like it because it flies by
All right, on to game of the year. It is, you're just gonna have to wait because tomorrow or the next day, I am going to release my top 10 of the year, which is where I will release my game of the year. Well, I hope this helped you learn about some games that you didn't yet know about or learn a little more about them if you'd heard of them. Now, for all of these, I've reviewed them and I put the links to all those reviews below if you wanna learn a little bit more about them. Also, if you want to see the top five of at least half of the categories we just went over to find out more about even more games in these categories, then you'll either wanna to go to gameboygeek.com slash 2019 or on my YouTube channel, click playlists and then go to the best board games playlist. I've also placed both of those links below as well. And tomorrow we're gonna to do the top 10 of 2019. So subscribe if you haven't already to see when that thing launches. It's been the Game Boy Geek, breaking down barriers, growing relationships through board games by helping you find the next one you'll love. Did you miss the Game Topper 2.0 Kickstarter? Have no fear, it's not too late to get in on the ultimate gaming accessory. Convert your table into a high quality gaming table with a fully portable game topper system and take advantage of some of the best three millimeter premium gaming mats in the industry. New styles, new sizes, and new accessories can be yours. Upgrade every game you play by late backing now at GameToppersLLC.com.